come to hear a message, if you come to hear a message from me, a message as you're accustomed to hearing the Holy Spirit speak through me, I hope you're not disappointed. But I'm going to make the message interactive. I'm going to preach and I'm going to stop. And you're going to speak as the Lord give you utterance concerning the message, concerning what you, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in your heart concerning your life. That is what is going to happen this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for communicating with me the way you have. This morning as we prayed, when we came on, that the entire service is laid at your feet to make the changes as you see fit. And I know your voice when you speak. And you have said to me not to preach, but to make the service an interactive service. And so I will listen to your voice. I have never done this before, but I will listen to your voice and I will obey. Be with me as I conduct this service, this message in Jesus' name. Amen. The message this morning is a call to meekness. A call to meekness. A call to meekness. And the scripture, the running scripture that I chose is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 29. It says this. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavenly burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to speak to you this morning and one word, which I believe is the key to supernatural power. One word, which is the key to supernatural power. And the word is meekness. The word is meekness. Does weakness come in your mind when you hear the word meekness? Do you think of weakness? Do you know who the Bible says was the most the meekest person on the earth? The meekest person, the Bible states who it was, was Moses. Say it was Moses. Can you think of Moses being meek, <laughs> being weak? Moses, God called him to deliver his people out of Egypt over a million people out of slavery from Egypt to the promised land, a rebellious people. 
a hard people to deal with. And he called Moses to deliver them. He also allowed Moses to stand in the presence of one of the greatest leaders at the time, Pharaoh. And yet the Bible says Moses was the meekest man on the earth. I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 12. The book of Numbers chapter 12. Chapter 12, we're going to start from verse 1, okay? And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he married. For he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. The scripture says the Lord heard when they said that. Now the man Moses was very humble, very meek. More than all the men on the face of the earth. Just imagine that. And the Lord spoke at once to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam. Come out, you three to the tent of meeting. And those three came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the opening of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. He said, hear now my word. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. And I will speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He's entrusted with all my house. Face to face I speak with him clearly. And not in riddles. And the likeness of the Lord will be, will he behold. Then why were you not afraid to speak against my servant? Against Moses. And the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he set out. When the cloud went away from over the tabernacle, Miriam became leprous as snow. And Aaron turned towards Miriam and saw that she was leprous. Aaron said to Moses, At last, my Lord, do not lay the sin on us, which you have done, which we have done foolishly and which we have sinned. Do not let her be as dead. Who, when he goes out of his mother's womb, half his flesh is eaten. And Moses cried out to the Lord saying, O God, heal her, I pray. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father has but spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days and afterward she may be received again. Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days and the people did not see, did not set out until Miriam was brought in again. 
Afterward, the people set out from Azerath and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Now, I'm going to digress a little. I'm going to say this. When you're dealing with God's delegated authority, his leaders that he has elected to lead the flock, be careful how you criticize. Be careful how you speak against them to other people. God takes that very seriously. If you have a problem with your leader, speak to God about it. Or call him one side and speak to him. But don't take his name and scandal his name and his reputation to other people. God takes it seriously. That is delegated authority that he has elected to lead. If you have a problem, speak to him. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, I want to ask you a question and talk to me. The, the meekest man on the earth, when these people spoke against him in such terrible way, he never reacted. He never got the body. He didn't, he didn't get angry or bitter. How did he demonstrate that meekness? Talk to me. How did Moses demonstrate? This is the most meekest man on the earth. How did he demonstrate that meekness? And why did God stood up for him? Talk to me. I want you to interact with me. Um, one of the things that he did, he he appealed on behalf of Miriam. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. He did. He did. No, how would you have reacted as a leader to such people that were so mean and bitter and want their own way? How would you have reacted to that? How do we normally react? Our natural instinct. To take offense and be angry. Oh, yes. And to be vindictive. Yes, vindictive. Bitter. Leave if you want to leave. We don't want you around here. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. But Moses, with the wisdom that he has garnered from the Lord, knew that meekness was the way to go. Being meek, being humble, being gentle, being mild. Don't be too easily offended. He relaxed and God took over. You see, God defend the meek. If you are meek, if you are not self-assertive as the world tells you you should be, defend yourself, stand up for yourself, love yourself. When you don't do that, God stand for you and he will defend you. Meekness is required in the Christian's life. You must be meek. You must pattern your savior. You must pattern him. Yes. This is a lesson that 
I don't want you to ever forget. Don't ever forget it. What about David? David speaks of meekness. In Psalms chapter 25, verse 9, he says, The meek will he guide in judgment. He will, make, he will teach him his way. The meek he will guide in judgment and he will teach him his way. Do you have a decision to make? Do you have a judgment to make? And you don't know how to do it? Are you willing to be taught? Are you teachable? Are you willing to go the way he shows you or react the way he shows you to react? Are you willing? Even though it may look different from what you think it should be, are you willing? That's meekness. Willing to give up what you have always thought was right. Your, your, your self-assertive way. And lean on the wisdom of God. And do things his way instead of your way. I will, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. I've never said this before. I'm going to share this with you. When I was living with my, I was married to my ex-wife. Her son was living with us. And he was troubled. And, and we got along, but it, it took great patience on my part to deal with him. And I remember he drew a knife at me three times. And the two times I walked away from him. And one night he came home three o'clock in the morning and I remember I got up to use the restroom and I went outside. I saw him in the living room with two of his friends. And they were going on and, you know, and I went in and I told her and she came out to address it. And when she came out, he started acting like a mad person, a demon-possessed person. God knows it's the truth. And he was trying his best to get to me. When his mother realized what was happening, she called the police. And I was in the bedroom while she was addressing the issue outside. Loud noise. And I said to the Lord, I said, Father, I cannot deal with this with my wisdom. I need your wisdom. I looked through the window and I spoke with to him. I said, Lord, I cannot deal with this with my wisdom. I will fail. Give me your wisdom now. What should I do right now? And the voice came clearly to me. There's one thing about God's voice. When he speaks, and when you notice his voice, you move immediately. Something about it, it makes you move immediately. And when I heard the voice, and the voice said to me, go downstairs. And when I heard the voice, 
I never hesitated for a minute. I opened the bedroom door, passed the living room, went through the, the front door and went right downstairs and nobody saw me when I did it. He didn't see me, his mom didn't see me, nobody saw me. The angel just covered me. And when I went downstairs, the police eventually came and I took them upstairs. And when the doors opened and he saw the police, he said, you call the police on me? And his mother said to him, no, he didn't, I did. I called the police. And the police told them to leave the apartment and they left. What am I saying to you? You cannot lean on your wisdom. You have to be willing to give up your assertive ways that the world has taught you over these years of your life. You have to be willing to give it up and go the way that the Lord is teaching you, he's showing you, he's pointing you in that way. You have to handle the situation the way he wants you to handle it. Not the way you want to handle it. Just imagine if I had handled it the way my flesh was telling me to handle it. You know where I would be today? Do you have any idea where I would be today? But the wisdom that God has given me has taught me that my wisdom is foolishness in comparison to his. Foolishness. Nonsense. And so I was able to escape what the devil was planning for my life. I was able to escape it because I took the meek approach. I took the meek approach. Not the approach that says, deal with him. Let him know who is man around here. Deal with him. No, I didn't. People would look at me and said, man, I could never do that. I would really deal with him. I would take him out of his misery. God's ways always works. It never fails. Never. If you work it. If you are willing and intentional to do it God's way, to be meek in your approach to bitterness and anger from other people, you will be delivered. He stood up for Moses because Moses was meek. He will stand up for you also if you take the meek approach. Talk to me, somebody. Share an experience with me. When you use the meekness of Christ and it came true for you, speak to me. Um, you know, Reverend Booth, as you're talking, I, I'm thinking of so many experiences that I've had. Uh, particularly recently, and I'm learning what it is 
to respond how it is you're teaching us to respond. And I, I'll confess that sometimes the flesh would want to say, but no, you, you, need to, you need to put them in a place. You need to tell them how they feel, how you feel. But the, the Lord, by his spirit, is teaching me how to respond with meekness. And, and sometimes it requires silence, absolute silence. And in my mind, I have a whole conversation of what it is I would want to say. But I'm learning how it is to, to, to be meek. So I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, Karen, very important. Karen, it is the key to the supernatural power. The key Isaiah says, the meek shall rejoice in the Lord. The meek shall rejoice in the Lord. When things come against you, and when people come against you with bitterness and anger and jealousy, and at that time you can rejoice in the Lord, do you know what that does for you? Do you know? He says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what the scripture says. But many times we forget. We forget the, the approach we need to take when these things confront us, when the aggression confront us. We forget because our natural instinct takes over. But if we only can remember that life is spiritual and not physical, so we always have to go back to the spiritual aspect of our being and deal with the situation as they confront us. Don't deal with it the way the, way the, the world has taught you to deal with it. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's not where the supernatural power lies. What about Paul, the apostle? He spoke of meekness. He says, meekness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. We just finished studying Acts of the Apostle, where we saw what Paul went through, standing before these governors and these rulers. In a meek way, they found no fault in him. They had to let him go. He never tried to defend himself in any way, any rude way. He, he was humble. Gentle and mild. And when he stood before Nero, Nero found no fault. Nero had to release him. Meekness is what Christ is calling us to. He's calling us to be meek. Then come one of the strongest men that ever lived. That is the epitome of meekness. And his name is Jesus, our Savior. He's the epitome of what meekness is all about. He called us, it said, if you are tired and overburdened, come to me and I will give you rest. He says, if you're tired and overburdened by dealing with situation that the, or the world tells you to deal with it, it makes you tired and overburdened. He says, come to me. But there are conditions. There are always conditions to God's promises. We have a part to play. The first thing we must do, we must come. We have to come to him. 
is calling us to come to him. And he's calling us then to take the yoke. And the yoke that he's talking about is a double yoke. Have you ever seen an oxen plowing? Two oxen and the, the yoke is, is to one and the other, the other one is yoked also to him. And they are plowing. He says, take my yoke upon you. Because it is light. That's what he's calling us to do. What is the yoke he's talking about? The will of God. That's the yoke. The will of God. Take that double yoke. Yoke yourself to him. Therefore, when he, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 7, he says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. He's speaking to his father. But a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offering and sacrifice for sin, you have had no pleasure. Then I said, See, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the volume of the book. That was his purpose. He came to do his father's will. And he is asking us to yoke, take the double yoke, yoke with him and bow to his will, his father's will, and not our desire and our not natural inclination. That's what he's calling us to do. He says, come to me, all who, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So you have to come and you have to take his yoke. Take it. Learn of me. Don't learn of anybody else. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is light. I'm going to share another incident with you that happened in Jamaica recently, not long ago. I was in Jamaica in February, and my wife and I were driving, and uh, I, I needed some minutes for my phone. I needed some minutes for my phone. And so we stopped to get the minutes, okay? And after we got the, the card with the minutes on it, we decided to stop and put the minutes on the phone. So we'll pull off in this plaza area near Burger King. Stop, park the car in the parking slot, the lot, and, and put the minutes on the phone. And then she was driving and She's getting ready now to reverse to come out. And here comes this gentleman behind her trying to get into the parking spot that she was coming out of before she even come out of the, of the parking spot. And so she got very annoyed with him and she was saying, what is this man doing? Why can't he wait for me to come out before he, he tries to come in? 
So I'm there watching the whole incident, watching the whole scenario. And um, I don't know what came over me. She's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm saying. I don't know what came over me, but something came over me. And I got so angry. I got so upset that I opened the door and I went towards the gentleman's car. And I said to him, why can't you just wait? She's coming out. Just wait, and then she come out. You, you, then you can get the parking spot. And at that point, the gentleman moved the car, and she was able to come out. And after she came out, I went, I went in, back in, the, in her car, and I said to her, "Drive." And she drove the car. And I sat in the car, and I started talking to myself. I said, "Lord." What did I just do? What did I just do? That's crazy. That's not me. And I felt so bad. I had to say to her, please don't mention this to no one. Don't mention it to anyone. I was so embarrassed the way I reacted to the entire situation. That was not the meek approach. That was not the meek approach. For two Two reasons, I'll tell you why. I could, have, I could have gotten a heart attack the way I was angry. The gentleman could have pulled a gun on me. Okay? And I regretted it and I had to confess. I said, Lord, forgive me. I should never have done that. Should never have done that. I should have taken the meek approach. Relax. Don't go with your flesh. Don't be the man. Relax. But I didn't, I didn't. So I had to come back to myself and I had to repent of the way I behaved, the way I handled the situation. Any comment? Go ahead, talk to me. Have you ever had such a situation happen to you? Talk to me. But I still think you are just defending. Your wife too. So don't feel so bad. I just did say that to you. Yeah, it was you a did. taxi man. Yes, but you did say that. Yes. And sometimes you have to roar as a man. No, you have to know <laughs> when to roar. Well, I did say that to you too. No, you have to know when to roar. No, no. Yes, oh, no. that's true. That's true. I know, um, but it was... was Sir, Sir Donald, if I yes. may. Yes, go ahead. As soon as you said that a while ago, I remembered one part of scripture where Jesus went into the temple and he got angry. You did not sin, sir. You became that angry at a situation that maybe was warranting for that moment. And it is at that time, you could have said then if Jesus walked into the temple, somebody could have pulled a knife and stab him. If Jesus walked into the temple and got angry, Remember, the Bible said, be angry and sin not. I didn't hear you say you committed a sin. You got mm -hmm. angry. We are all open to get angry at times. And for that moment, if you, you just said, when the gentleman moved his car, he maybe needed to see somebody. Exactly. You don't know what was happening to him prior to the coming there and being so impatient. But your um, roar may have just calmed him down. Mm -hmm. And say, you know what? I need yeah. to just respect what is going exactly, on. Exactly, Stephen. But that's not his temperament. So he thinks it was out. I, I didn't yeah, think anything was wrong with it. 
because Reverend so Bolt is usually calm composed, but I am the one that is usually. But when I saw him that way, I clapped. It's nothing to get to no, see him. He I, doesn't I, you know, know Reverend Bolt, you, you put too much. It's okay. I think you did the right thing. I was there. You know, usually, usually I don't talk, but I will speak today. Yes. Never did Jesus get angry over anything anyone did except when they touches, touched it on his father. Yes. He did not defend his girlfriend, wife, children, disciples, apostles, no one. He only got angry when they were defiling, defiling the temple. Okay. Anything they do with God Jesus would get angry. Nothing for man. Listen, Pastor, and I close. Sister Rifa, I am sorry, but I agree with you. I okay. totally agree with you. Uh, okay. Because, yeah. because I'm telling you. Don't be sorry, sir. Don't be sorry. You don't have That's to agree. What I'm saying. You see, if that, you apologize sometimes for the, those things, and I'm saying you don't have to, because sometimes I, I, I will agree with Sister Rifa to the extent that, okay, you, if we were to use history as example, then you should only get upset when it comes to God's doing or God's bidding. But his wife is in admittance saying that, you know what, the fact that for one, for some, maybe she has never had somebody stand up for her like that and she was happy. We all get upset with Smith, No, 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 I'm not going to that reach. I'm not going but to that. Are you but, saying that, um, um, Reverend Bolt's wife cannot be protected by his big God. No, I'm not saying, saying that, Sister Reva. No, I'm leave, just leave, saying. Leave, leave, leave the Reverend, the man of the word, to speak the word. The okay. word and the Bible says what Donald is saying. We all err. Who have bad temper like me? Who can't do this and who that like me? Think I'm the one who the holy, righteous, and sanctimonious? Hell no. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, for this benefit and for those who will listen to this afterward, the man of the word is speaking the word. Yes. And okay. so you don't have to apologize. You don't have to. He has to because he's being led by the Holy Spirit. When we do things, even when we, are, we think we are right, but in God's sight, are we right? Who, are we? who is our judge? Mm -hmm. Who speaks on our behalf? Who protects Ruth when Donald is back in America? Yeah. Our big yeah. God can handle our small problems. We don't get it right all the time. Don't you think I'm trying to say that I'm holy? Oh boy, no, if you all me. knew the story, but I am saying, Based on this, the preacher, the man of God, he said he was wrong and he was wrong. Yes. And he knew he was wrong. Yes. But yes. He was, yes. So us seeing it that he is, um, how tall are you, my brother? And Six. you were protecting your wife. God is bigger than any situation. No. There was and another, so wait, wait, we all so. get angry. We all get yes. angry. So I would not um, answer except because um, Stephen said that God got angry when they were in the temple. Not so, my brother. Not yeah. so. Yes. Check the reasons why God got angry. Yeah. Never on his own behalf. It's Never on anything anybody did to him. All right. 
Stephen, wait, let me say I something. Was, hold, hold, I was hold, the hold, only hold, witness. Hold, okay, after hold Reverend. Hold on, hold on. Reverend. The moment I did it and I went in the car, the Holy Spirit convicted me. He says, never do that again. What you did, your reaction was wrong. Dealt with it, deal with it a different way. Okay. Not like that. So okay. I know what he said to me. Okay, okay. I, I heard you say something came over you. Yes. And, and, and he and said I, something came over. I don't know what it was, but it, it was not of the, it was the spirit. Okay. I got angry. And it was not necessarily I should have I should have handled it a different way. That's all I'm saying. And what Stephen is also saying, be angry and sin not. And I didn't think you sinned there, in my opinion, as I was the only witness. Because the taxi man almost hit my vehicle. He yeah, was so it? adamant for the space that any human being, any normal person would yes. have reacted, Reverend. Yes. But you don't any know what was, but you don't know what was going on in I, my heart. Well, all right. Well, that's that's the difference. You see what I'm saying? You don't know what's going on. I, 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 don't, I don't know your heart. Okay. And maybe because but, I I didn't think it was something that you said though, and I don't think you were you were just standing up. And yeah. these taxi men are annoying. Next time say, you say, "God love you, my brother." Sister Tashina, <laughs> Sister Tashina has a client. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. Um. In listening to this discourse, it's interesting, but then a, a few things come back to light. And number one, I must say, I really agree with um, Sister Reefer, because I think um, as we, the mistake that we make as humans a lot, as humans, and is that we allow our humanity to dictate our reactions. But the mistake we also make as Christians is to forget that we are not mere humans. Mm. And that how a mere human will respond in a totally different for us as um, Christians should be completely different. So humanity is reacting. Ruth, um, while, while Ruth might not think um, he sinned, and Ruth was glad in the moment um, that she, her husband defended her and all of that. But at the heart of it, the Christian is now supposed to question whether God got glory from this. And Reverend Bolt himself answered that question, right? Because the Holy Spirit alive and at work in him convicted him. And he, right then it would have become apparent that um, my brother, you responded himself. Really, I told you, Holy Spirit, I tell him, say, your reaction was all self-motivated. Mm -hmm. yes. You yes. understand? So not even that he is a pastor, but he's a human being, yes, but he's a Christian. Yes. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of things look right to us through the yes. our human eyes. Yes. And our human nature is trying, is always going to try to justify our actions and reactions. But as Christians, a God measuring stick count. That's how I look at it. And at the end of the day, if it is that you have a niggling about it or the Holy Spirit openly confronts you like he did, Reverend Bolt, all of our excuses and how we'll try to pave it over have to cease because if we are submitted to God, it's that we are submitted to God. And we never argue with what God, God said wrong, it wrong. Yeah. 
you know, no um, your humanity wants to excuse me. As I look over the years of my life, there's one person that really impacted my life. And I've bought a lot of her books and I've read a lot of her books. And it's Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa left the first world country and she went to Calcutta, India and served the poor, the lame, the crippled, you name it. She was there. And she says this, if you are meek, if you are meek, meaning humble, nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace, because you know what you are. If you are blamed, you will not be discouraged. If they call you a saint, you will not put yourself on a pedestal. The meek, the meek. God defends the meek. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Do you know that no human being can give you rest? They can tell you to come by the house and sleep for a while and rest your body and relax, but they can never give you rest. Never. Only Christ can do that. If you're willing to be taught. If you're willing to be taught. Psalms 25 verse 5 says, Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Guide me in your truth. His truth is there for all of us if we are willing to be taught. Some of us are not teachable. We are not willing to be taught God's word, God's truth, and live by it. We have our own opinion and ideas about what it means. In James chapter 1, verse 21, describe humble acceptance of God's truth, teachability. We are willing to be taught his way, even when it goes contrary to our way even when it goes contrary to the way we think is right, we're willing to follow it. This word meekness, as I said in the beginning, is the key to supernatural power. Where did I get that idea from? Where did that idea come from? The key to supernatural power? Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. It does not seem like that because it seems like we're always at the back of the line. Right? <laughs> Do you know why? Because meekness is a spiritual quality. It's something that you have to learn to develop. It's a spiritual quality. You must never forget this. Don't ever forget this. If you forget everything I say this morning, don't forget. You are a spiritual being. 
Life is spiritual and we have to function in the spiritual aspect of it. Anytime you veer from that and function in your flesh, you're in trouble. Life is spiritual. Every aspect of it is spiritual. Meekness is a spiritual quality that must be developed. This fallen nature will not allow you to naturally exhibit this meekness. It won't. It is the key to supernatural power. And our model, our model is our savior, Jesus Christ. That is the model. Look at the meekness. He's strong and mighty. King of king, Lord of Lord. We're talking about Jesus. King of king, Lord of Lord. And at, the, and at the last supper, just before they crucified him, and he sat at the table with Judas and the 12 apostles, and he said, the one that dip his hand with me in the bowl will betray me. And after he finished Heating with them, he got up, took a rag, water, and washed their feet. He washed their feet. He took the lowest position, a slave. Our master, our savior, that's who I'm talking about. Not only that, he allowed Judas to kiss him in the garden. How could you do that? You know the man is your enemy. He's going to betray you. And yet you, he allowed him to kiss him in the garden. Look at Peter. Peter denied him three times. Was he bitter? Was he angry at Peter? No. He looked at Peter with love. With this deep love, he looked at him even when Peter denied it three times. Look at what he put up with, with you and I. Just look at it. You and I, can you imagine what he has been putting up with where you and I are concerned? If you have any trouble forgiving anyone that have done you wrong, Think again. Think again. If you have a problem of forgiving somebody who you think have done the unpardonable sin, think again. What Christ has put up with where we are concerned. I remember the story some time ago, there was a killing in the school where this gentleman went in and killed these Amish kids. You remember it, Amish kids? Many of them got killed. And after the funeral of the kids, the parents of the kids that died went to the house of the parent of the gunman and brought food and they ate together and they said to them, listen, we have forgiven you. The Amish, yes. Who, who, who does that? Who, who, who does that in this world? 
somebody kill your children and you're going to go over to them, bring meal and fellowship with them and tell them you, you have forgiven them? Only Christ could allow that. Only Christ who lives within us would give us that ability and that passion to be able to forgive like that. That is what you call meekness. That is meekness. That is doing things the way God wants it to be done and not what your flesh tells you. How can we attain this meekness in this dark and sinful world? How can we attain it? We must learn to live spiritually with Jesus. We must learn to live spiritually with Jesus. Remember I told you life is spiritual? Every aspect of it. We must learn to dwell with him and allow his love to pierce our stony heart. Allow his love to pierce our stony heart. That's how you attain this meekness. The minute aggression comes towards you, what will be your reaction? When aggression comes towards you, what will be your reaction? Do you lift it up? in the light of God's love and ask him, Father, how do I deal with this? How should I deal with this, Father? We have to learn to dwell in his light. Dwell in his light. What is he saying to us this morning? What is Christ saying to us? This? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us this morning? It's in Isaiah 53, verse 7, it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep, before its sharers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. This is our savior. This is our savior. Demonstrating what meekness is all about. In John, in Revelation, when the elder, one of the elders said to John, come, and I will show you the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he took John, and when John looked in the center of the throne, what he saw was a lamb that seemed as if it was slain. A lamb, the lion of Judah, a lamb that was slain? Yes, yes, that's our savior. He demonstrates to us the meekness, the love that the Father sent him to show us. Meekness is the key. Meekness is the way to go. Don't go with your assertion. 
Don't. Don't do it the way you've always done it. Change the way you approach things in life. Approach it with meekness and watch the result. Watch the result. So as I close this morning, I want to say to you, please, if you are burdened and heavily laden, come to him. Learn of him. He's meek and lowly. Let him teach you how to live victoriously in this life by practicing the meekness that he has demonstrated to us. That is what he's calling us to do. Demonstrate his meekness to the world. Don't behave like them because you're not one of them. You're in the world, but you're not of it. You're not normal. Don't approach life like you're normal because we're not. None of us are. We're not normal. And I close. This morning I say to you, go and live a life of meekness. Live the life that he has demonstrated to us. That's what he's calling us to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. For using this vessel to present your word to your people. I know you have spoken this morning. You have spoken to every single person online. Mm -hmm. And you have shown them how important it is to be meek in this world. You have demonstrated this over and over. You have demonstrated it so many times. And yet many times we miss it. This is where the power lies in your meekness. Lord, help us to remember as human, we forget easily, Father. Help us to remember to demonstrate this meekness to the world. And we give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty and precious name I pray. Amen and amen.